Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 20th day of February. Got a great show with you for tonight. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the the documentary on um, the Bucks' sensational player, two-time MVP, uh, you know, NBA champ, came out. I want to say it came out yesterday. It's a must-see. It's a must-see for current NBA players, uh, players who inspire to be in pro sports, the NBA, uh, Americans in general. It, it is a really really good documentary. Uh, Amazon usually don't do good ones. Uh, most of them are terrible. Uh, the All or Nothing one was good, but uh, but but this one was really good. I, 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 way better than the Kels one and whatnot. Uh, it's about humil- uh, humility, and uh, I'll get into it after the break, of course. But going to talk about that. I watched the whole thing as soon as I got home from from the day job today, and also um, Jason Whitlock was right. Uh, going to talk about a comment he made about the NBA fixing this lack of competition problem. Uh, he made a really good point about the NBA. Uh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields unfollowed all of the bears uh anything to do with social media on instagram he's really irritated with, with the chicago bears right now justin fields is uh going to talk about that a lot of talk in, in in the news about baker mayfield mike evans who to keep do you keep them both how much how much do you pay them and, and and then what and then what you know uh going to get into that as well and, uh, you know, I've got a few other news and notes I'll get back. But first, let's go ahead and take our first and only break. I'll be back here in 49 seconds. We'll hit the ground running here on Sports Scope. Hello, Sports Scope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Okay. All right. So the Giannis documentary, again, it is really good. <coughs> um, everybody's having a documentary done, right? Uh, I love documentaries. Some of them are terrible. Some are great. Some are, some are great more often than not. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, Giannis, uh, a marvelous journey is what it's called. Uh, you know, I knew he had one brother. He's actually got three brothers. Uh, now, we all know that he's listed as being uh, from Athens, Greece. 
Yes, that's technically true, but his parents ha had just moved there, uh, immigrated from uh, Nigeria. Uh, that's where you see that level. And I've had some good friends here. I hope I can get back on my uh, Facebook app. I still holding out a little bit of hope that I can get back on there and, and find some. I got some friends I met out of Nigeria, really good people. Uh, gracious people, grateful uh, uh, for everything, and, and uh, some really nice people there out, out of Nigeria. But the, uh, his, his mother, father, uh, his older brother actually stayed in Nigeria. Uh, didn't really explain the details of that, but uh, his, his other three brothers, mother and father, immigrated, I want to say in like 2000 or something like that, uh, when he was a baby from from Nigeria up to Athens, Greece here. And, um, you know, he, there were some issues in the early 2000s uh, with uh, the economy down downturn and everything in the uh, Greece region. And uh, he described it as, as being taken out on the migrants and immigrants there. And, uh, some some racism or whatever from from the local uh, Greece people and saying that uh, him and his brothers from school would let's say hey let's see how fast we can run home from school okay made it like a game he he was one of I think he was the oldest one uh, uh, of the brothers and and they're running home because they were scared they were going to get jumped on you know uh, faster and faster and faster. Uh, uh, you know, they, they talk about uh, there were times where Giannis never saw his, this is how tough it was, never saw his parents eat for, for long periods of time. But him and his brothers uh, uh, always were fed. Uh, they're very poor living out in, in the Greece area. And um, they would go out and, and sell uh, items and whatnot, uh, work all day and help out with the family there. You know, and he even mentioned uh, one time, you know, when they were uh, getting evicted there, as soon as they say you're evicted, they're going to call the police in just a, within less than one day. Uh, and they didn't have a way to get the refrigerator out. You know, you there you had to have your own refrigerator. So they put the refrigerator on the skateboard and, and got it out there at midnight, pushing the refrigerator down down the street there. But, you know, it, it was... Um, really inspiring and then at around the age of 11 now mind you Giannis will be 30 later on this year so we're talking 19 years ago around 2004 2005 ish I guess if my math is correct here and uh, they were playing with the soccer ball and, uh, you know, he, he really enjoyed playing that game with his dad at the time. And they would go to Internet cafes and be able to watch the game uh, through the Internet cafe, um, through TVs and stuff in and around the area. They couldn't stream it, but they were watching. Uh, so, so he started playing basketball, fell in love with it, and, and was watching Kobe Bryant a few years later, I'm probably, I'm thinking around 2008 when, when the 
Celtics were in the finals against the Lakers. And he's like, man, I wonder what those NBA players play, you know, with his accent and everything. And then uh, he's he's totally freaked out, you know, when it, when they didn't have Wi-Fi or anything. So when he went to the Internet Cafe and got an opportunity to go to the Internet Cafe where they have all these computers in one room and people are there, you know, it's just like that, you know, in this part of Greece. So I got that sound bite and, and I thought it was just so authentic and, and inspiring uh, to hear that. Uh, for screwing up somebody poor like myself, you kind of, when you, when you hear that that number, you're like, wow, you know, and, and, and it's good to hear that energy. Listen to Giannis here. This is from the documentary. How much money does Kobe Bryant makes? And it came out at the time, it was like 28, $30 million. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> and he's making a living. And he's worldwide known and from basketball, from something he loves. I can take care of my family. I can take care of my family. I took it serious. You know, uh, it was very personal. Yeah, and, and and that's when the drive continued uh, to become a basketball player. Uh, so he starts putting in the work here, you know, uh, gets on to the local team there. Uh, he hits a growing spurt, gets on the national team, really putting in a lot of work here. And uh, long story short, uh, he – he, he, he played semi-pro in Greece. Then Nigeria wants to recruit him and put him on their national team. And then the Greeks decide to put him on their national team. Uh, but he ends up getting a passport. Um, a scout finds him in America. And so he, he plays for Greece here. But then it fast-forwards to 2013, uh, the guy's never owned a suit before, finds an agent, goes to New York City uh, for the draft here. And it was a funny thing when he was actually drafted in, in 13, fast forwarding it. Um, he was drafted number 15 overall. Okay, he's only 6'10". You know, we all know he's over seven foot now. He's still growing. He's still growing 18, 19 years old. And... David Stern, his brother's there with him. They find a way to get his brother a passport to America to go to the draft. And he's like, I'm watching the commissioner. I should I should have put that in there. I should, I should have recorded that sound like. But his brother goes, I'm watching the, the, the commissioner. And he's taking a long time to look at the name. He's like, right then, I knew it was Giannis. And, of course, yes, it was, you know, uh, with a 15th pick. Uh, Giannis, and, and of course, it, it, to David Stern's credit here, uh, he gets the name out the first time. Everybody butchered the last name, you know, with uh, the, the local radio people called him the alphabet. Uh, when I was out of work, I was between jobs, I technically went out of work. Um, in 2015, he had a couple years in the league, and I was just doing real estate, I wasn't doing, um, I wasn't doing uh, security anymore. I was trying to get into another field. I had, I had, I had one good real estate sale, and um, and I was living off that for a while. I was going to be a manager at Wendy's, but that didn't work out. It lasted a few days. It's a training, 
instead of going back to security, I was just living off my uh, one good commission, you know. And I'm listening to, I'm playing a lot of fantasy basketball through DraftKings at the time. And I'm listening to all these Giannis games, you know, because I'm like, man, this guy with this long name is balling out there, you know. And, and the, the local radio guy just calls him the alphabet, you know. I, I was listening to it on uh, NBA.com at that time in 2015. Lo and behold, it that turned out to be Giannis and Tenacupo. But um, it was funny when he got drafted. He's like, I, I've heard of sh- New York, L.A., Chicago. I've never heard of. I've never heard of, of Milwaukee, you know. And then they talk about Kareem uh, leaving to the Lakers like it was some kind of omen. But uh, Kareem won a championship with the Bucks back in 71. You know, um, and, and then it tells a story. You know, this guy's like 18, 19 years old, used to live in dirt, dirt poor, having a grind for every single thing, you know. Uh, him and his brothers out working, selling stuff to, to just to eat that night. And he was, he was astonished, uh, astonished by, by the, the, the teams, uh, asking to uh, wash his clothes. Like, do I wash the clothes? Like, no, you give them to me. I wash them. I'll give you back. He's like, really? Oh, okay. You know, so. You know, he's pretty lonely there. He's wanting to get his parents here. And um, so the owner, he's like, listen, if I can't, he's getting his green card or whatever is about to, visa is about to run out. And he's like, if I can't do it, I'll just go back. I mean, he already made some NBA money, which was huge to him. This guy's huge. I mean, it, 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 it. he's so grateful. And the owner of the Bucks called Senator John Kerry and did a favor for him. They worked out something with immigration, so he got his parents over here. And, um, you know, it, it was like uh, the team trainer, they interviewed Jason Kidd, who was the um, – Jason Kidd, who was Giannis's, uh coach at the time. And you it's like you could just see the guy light up with his mom and dad. And – the first time, like, again, he's still coming off the bench his second year in 2014. February 3rd, 2014, mom and dad are in the stadium, and Giannis gets a chance to play in front of mom and dad for the first time. And, uh, you know, 15 points, three round, three rebounds, two assists, not that many minutes. You know, he's still very raw coming off the bench, playing like nobody's business. So once mom and dad move over there, he really settles in. And um, we all saw the maturation in Giannis's, in, in Giannis's build and his uh, uh, physical growth. He grown two more inches. He, he's over seven foot now. And he put on 50 pounds, 50 pounds. And it was funny, you know, when he was first playing there here by himself, uh, before his brothers, his younger brothers moved over here. He looked at his brother and said, he's like, you've, you've gotten fat. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm getting fed, you know, because he had been sending his mom and dad all that money playing over here. And uh, they'd been eating on a normal basis. But, you know, uh, the trainer said, hey, this guy with that was malnourished. And, um, and, and, and 
now that we've got him on a proper diet, actual food, at actual just, you know, nourishment, and the, the desire to win and, and be good is there. So he really settles in. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, like a, like a, a Brett Favre when his dad died and uh, wasn't sure when he was going to play. Uh, uh, just before the season started in 2017, sadly, and almost made me cry, uh, Giannis's father, 54. Now, he had been in the league at three years at this point, so he got a chance to see Giannis, got his parents some new clothes, got him a nice place to live here. They got citizenship and whatnot. And he falls over dead at 54. You know, Giannis is probably 22 at the time, maybe. Uh, falls over dead of a heart attack. And his first day there, first game, uh, very Brett Favre. Like Favre had uh, the, the Monday night that he decided to go ahead and play Brett Favre. Um, five touchdowns against the Raiders. Played out of this world. Uh uh, Giannis, 44 points in opening night here, played like a beast, knew his dad was watching him in his own eyes. Uh, you know, that was one of the moments, yeah, kind of kind of bumped, kind of teared me up a little bit. But it even teared me up even more when Giannis, uh, going over this documentary, for those of you who just joined me, uh, of, of the, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo from Milwaukee, uh, in 2021, like a lot of you in the finals, I picked. I, I thought. I thought Phoenix had it. You know, I thought Phoenix had it. We all know that Giannis missed the last two games of the Atlanta series of the Hawks series, but the the, the 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 players rallied. They end up winning that, getting to the finals. Right? He comes in, plays game one, plays game two, come up just short. They're zero and two against. Phoenix, and we know what happened. It was very much like the 96 Braves-Yankees uh, series where the Yankees got up. It might have been 98, but I think it was 96. Yankees got up 2-0 at first, or Braves did, excuse me. Yankees come back, went four straight in dominant fashion. That was the same thing with Giannis here, uh, really going into beast mode. Milwaukee, we know what happened. Wins four straight. Giannis had problems with his free throws. Dominant with his free throws. Um, to top it all off, game six, it comes back to Milwaukee. If you recall, 50 points at home. The most ever uh, scored 50 in a clinching game. Totally elevated focus. Very Patrick Mahomes-like. And ironically, he scored 50 points in game six to seal the victory in his championship uh, against the uh, Phoenix Suns on the 50th anniversary of um, the last time they had won a championship with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back in 71. How ironic. Uh, he's tearing up. He said he's thinking about his dad sitting in the chair by himself at the arena. All very Mike for some of you uh, older viewers, Michael Jordan like holding the trophy uh, when he wins his first championship um, since he retired. Played baseball, came back, 
remember his dad had, was, was murdered uh, by those guys that's trying to carjack him back in 93. He takes 94 off, comes back 95, a little bit out of shape. 96 when he wins his first championship on the way back, um, crying, holding on to the trophy. Um, you could see the emotion coming out of Giannis because that was he done it without his dad, but he's like, hey, my dad's here in spirit. It's a very good story, you know? It's about uh, rags to riches. I mean, Giannis has made – I know he's made one $200 million contract uh, with the extension. He's going to make probably close to four to $500 million. Uh, he's setting up foundations, uh, you know, for Greece, immigrants in Greece. It, it's really good. It's really good. Um, but, you know, it, it, it goes to show you uh, I want players to see this because – I want players who are inspiring to play in the NBA to see this. Quite frankly, I'd like to see, let every American see this documentary because some people, and um, Jason Whitlock talked about this. I'm going to play you a bite for him. There's such a level of entitlement with a lot of these American NBA players that is a turnoff to your everyday blue-collar working people. They've been told they're oppressed and all this, the black guy. And this is what Whitlock says. And I thought, yeah, that's true. I mean, he, this came in when Whitlock's talking about the – he's talking about the, the the 200 points the West gave up in the All-Star game. It looked like a bunch of guys just playing around uh, a, a pickup game in the, in the Y. I've seen guys in the YMCA play harder than that, you know. And this lack of effort – uh, this uh, pushback that the players had about the NBA implementing 65-game minimum to get your uh, postseason awards, whether it be MVP, uh, Defense Player of the Year, you name it, all NBA, all that stuff. But you hear a guy like Giannis who's just so grateful for this opportunity. It, it's just really touching to hear his story, you know. He tells a story one time that he 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 used all his money up from his ATM. You can only get so much out of the ATM for one day, you know. And he didn't have any cash, and 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 uh, the cab driver wouldn't give him a ride because he didn't have any cash. The guy didn't even know him. This guy's in Milwaukee on his way to the game, you know. And uh, he's running to the game trying to just get to the stadium. This is crazy talk, right? And this, this family stops and say, are you Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Bucks?" He's like, yeah, I am. I mean, I don't have any money. I mean, uh, I got my card here. They won't take my card in the cab and blah, blah, blah. So they give him a ride to the arena. And he said, you know, I see the good in everybody. So he doesn't have this chip on his shoulder, you know, like a lot of, like your LeBron Jameses of the world and everything. Um, you, you just love that gratitude. And you hope that, you know, after he's kind of been around, you hope that he doesn't lose that because that's that's what's lacking from a lot. Not everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the American uh, sports. Uh, I, I just I, I think a guy like Patrick Mahomes has a lot of gratitude. But, you know, the smug attitudes of your LeBron James of the world at times, uh, you know, a lot of the big-time athletes over the years – you know, saying stuff like that. Um, 
I just used LeBron as as a, a even Kobe as a player was very smug about stuff, you know. But uh, uh, like I said, very good. Okay, now Jason Whitlock, uh, kind of tying all this together. All right, uh, like I said, he had a brilliant idea to pay the players to 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 really enforce motivation. He says, even if we got to go to a lockout, this is what I said last or a couple of years ago. I actually said, commended somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who said something smart today, which I'll, I'll talk about later on. Um, he says they need, uh, I think it was last year, Stephen A. Smith said that uh, with the crap that Kyrie Irving was pulling, trying to get out of town, push his way out of town. Where was I can't remember where he was at. I think it was with the Nets last year, right? And he said, these owners are going to start going for pay for play. You know, I mean, you play, then we pay you, right? And of course, Stephen, uh, uh, Jason Whitlock, and, and I got I got, I got got the um, soundbite here. He was talking about after this debacle in the All-Star game with guest Steve Kim, I'll let you, I'll let you hear it, and then I'll explain it here in just a second. Let me see if I can get it off of his uh, off of his show here. And feel like they can actually say what they really think. Steve, I'm telling you, yeah. I started writing about this, I believe, in 2008. If you don't figure out a way in all professional sports, but particularly in the NBA where this entitlement mindset really lives, if you don't find a way to attach half of their money to wins and losses, where they again if a guy's making 30 million dollars if you give him a base salary of 15 and then he has another 15 million he can earn based on wins in the regular season and postseason i think that's very fair and that's the only yeah. way you're going to restore some integrity to these games jason a few highlights that i saw that game yesterday it looked like the pro bowl but with a basketball hoop <laughs> you think i got the said pro bowl with a basketball hoop yeah, I mean, can you imagine 50, a base salary of $15 million and the other 41, all 82 games, a portion of that other $15 million can come through winning those games, can come through winning those games. You know, there used to be an old adage in business, and – when I was when I was looking at real estate investing and, and and having people work for me and stuff, it was always told to me where I read it or I talked to a uh, a mentor or whatever in the field of business, particularly when you're dealing with contractors, you pay them by the job. You don't pay them by the hour. Why would they ever finish? You know, uh, you pay me and my job right now. I'm paid by the by by the pickup. I'm not paid by the hour. For example, I'm a medical carrier. I do distant runs sometimes. When I first started back in 2015, when I first started in 2015, if I got a run to, say, Atlanta from Nashville, Tennessee, that would be $250, you know? That was then. Now it be like $325 because inflation, right? But... That's eight hours, four hours there. That was pretty good money to me because uh, I knew exactly how much I was going to get when I got back uh, 
when I got my check the next week, you know, I couldn't imagine if I was working a regular eight hour day job and they said, we're going to send you a line. I'm like, golly. But if I knew I was going to get that money, if I knew I was going to get the money just for making that trip, it's just a totally different mindset of you win this game, you get this money. We saw how hard the LeBrons of the world played in the in-season tournament because they had financial incentives tied to that in tournament. What if you did that for all 82 games? Maybe baseball as well, you know? They got 162 games. Now, the NFL, you could do that, but uh, the NFL, it's, doesn't, there's, it's not the biggest issue in the NFL as it does seem to be in the NBA with players having motivation. You know, I li- again, I, I like what they did with the time management stuff. But it, it, there's something about that, you know, give me that money after I make this win. It just it, it, There's a little bit more concentration on the 82. Of course, he also said what I said yesterday. You know, these guys need to go three years of college or three years uh, out of high school, whether you're going to go play semi-pro or not, not one and done. Let them settle in. They can get the NIL if they've earned it. If they've earned it, let's stop this entitlement and put that up there. Because I just think about it for my own self. Somebody who's dirt poor. Not Giannis poor, but pretty close. Pretty close for America. But I always tell myself, you know, when I talk to my friends in Nigeria and whatnot, and I tell people in my circle, you know, no matter how hard I've had it and how hard we've had it here in America, if you're born here, you've hit the lottery. Stop acting like you're oppressed. You've hit the lottery compared to most of these other places, you know. But uh, I thought that was really good stuff there. And you would hope, you'd hope that we can get back to that part in sports. We, we, we can get back to guys are just playing their guts out. Watch some of the old highlights for you all to watch me on YouTube. Look up the Celtics and the Lakers in the 80s. And, and those you could watch practically. I don't know if you can do it now, but I used to, when I was bored at my security job, watch old basketball games from the 80s and the 90s that were um, like Bulls-Knicks. Those were really hard-fought games. Uh, 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 Pistons and uh, Celtics. Like the loser was going to get executed after the game or something. You know, like it was life and death. Bird playing hard. Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, Robert Parrish. uh, You name it. You name Joe Dumars, who later went on to be the general manager of the Pistons. Those are great series. Those were great series, you know. Um, that's one thing when you make a documentary 40 years later about those particular series and those 30 for 30s called Celtics Lakers, which I thought was really awesome. You want that. Uh, and people say, well, because it's so much guaranteed money. Yeah. Yeah. Make part, part of it guaranteed. And then the other part, you, you get it placed to incentivize winning. That would really change this game, you know, for the better. Good stuff there by Jason Woodlock. Okay. All righty then. Uh, okay, so now uh, Justin Fields is in the news today. He unfollows the Bears on Instagram. That's a regular thing now for um, 
for players that in the modern day player to show their dis, uh, distaste with the organization. And, you know, we, we, we know they've got the number one pick. And, you know, somebody, this kind of ties in as well. The entitlement of a, of a uh, Justin Fields here. He's got to look at life through their lens, as the organization Fields does. He's got to look at it through the lens of a Ron Poles, who's the general manager, all right? And his fourth quarter, which is the money quarter, think about how, how much improved that the defense was uh, going out and getting, who's it, Tremaine Edwards from uh, the Bills, uh, signing some big-name defensive guys here, okay, bringing him in at linebacker. Uh, drafting players on the defensive side here. Uh, Jalen Johnson is going to be a big-time free agent. He played well last year. The defense tightened up there. Matt Eberflus's defense is what kept him his job with the Bears last year. But So they were in a lot of games. They were in quite a few games if you think about it. Okay? I want to say, didn't they split? Well, yeah, Detroit beat them at the very end at Detroit. Um they end up beating Detroit at Chicago. But these are some players that have better fourth-quarter ratings than Justin Fields. Okay? Zach Wilson, Josh Dobbs, who, uh, you know, Ron Tannehill, uh, just a few players. And these are players who played a lot of snaps here, of course. Um, not to mention your usual suspects here. Uh Josh Allen, uh, who who else am I missing here? Okay, let me go back here and find them. Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, uh, Kirk Cousins. That's in his own. Even Mac Jones had a better court, fourth quarter rating. The money. Daniel Jones had a better. Jalen Hurts. These are all guys that are he, he, that that are his colleagues, right? So why is he unfollowing the Bears? He should be okay with whatever the Bears do. You know, they went out and traded for DJ Moore, one of the best route-running elite receivers in the league coming into his prime, DJ Moore. They extended Cole Komet, the lead tight end, okay? They extended him, Cleve Herbert. Went out and signed him. Uh, drafted Darrell Wright out of Tennessee, put him at that right side of the off defense, offensive line here. I mean, going out of their way to make ways for Justin Fields. All right? And I'm reading this going back about a month ago. Mel Kuyper says, I say it in air quotes, but this was reported... Um, this was off USA Today, man. Mel Kuyper says, if you trade Justin Fields to Atlanta, you can get you get the eight pick overall. Mel Kuyper said, report, Mel Kuyper believes the Bears could get a first-round pick for the quarterback. I think everyone would be surprised if the Bears would be able to get a first, a top-ten pick. I'll believe that when I see it. I, I mean, I, I do not believe that. By the way, that I mentioned Stroud, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett. All better 
all better numbers in the fourth quarter than Justin Fields. Okay. You know, and that's last year. That that is last year here. So um I don't know if that's true. Now, mind you folks, again, Ron, Ron Poles did not draft him. Would he be a good fit in Atlanta? Some are talking about Pittsburgh, I guess, because of um, Pittsburgh's new uh, offensive coordinator there. Oh, Arthur Smith, former Tennessee Titans head coach, Atlanta uh, offensive coordinator for Titans. They're thinking maybe use him like Ryan Tannehill, okay? Uh, I don't know if I just don't keep Kenny Pickett there, you know? He's a better athlete than Pickett. I get that. But, again, Pickett's got a better rating in the fourth quarter. The, the, the Steelers' defense is keeping them in games, okay? Uh, I'm not so sure if the Steelers don't draft another quarterback. I'm not sure if the Steelers don't pick up a who I think that will be cut, uh, um, a Russell Wilson type of guy. So just because you can run fast and throw the ball deep, you got to know when to run, and you have to be somewhat accurate in the football. And, yes, you have to be better in the fourth quarter. Both games are within four points. Okay? That's one touchdown, folks. And he's not good. He's not as good as Zach Wilson, according to these ratings. Okay? Uh. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, if you can get whatever you can for Justin Fields, I don't believe that. I'll say I'm wrong. You know, good scope, bad scope. I admit I'm wrong. I don't think they're going to get a, a first-round pick for Justin Fields if Atlanta's that crazy. You know, I know he's from Atlanta. Now, if it's about selling tickets, I don't know if Atlanta wants to do that. If I'm Atlanta, there's good quarterbacks out there at that 10th pick. All right, there, there, there's good. I mean, Michael Penix would be number one that I would be looking at at that pick. You know, I don't think May Drake may be on there. So I'm, I'm rolling the dice even with Caleb with the Caleb Williams. Uh, there's some type of connection with Caleb going back to his playing days with the assistant that they brought in at offensive coordinator. I've talked about that before. But Fields can't take this stuff personal, man. You know, of course they're going to hold their cards close to their vest. They're going to see what anybody's going to give them. I'm going to guess they're going to draft one this year. Thought they should have drafted maybe a Stroud last year. I said I thought Stroud would be better. Now, it's only one year. I did hear that Stroud was with Kanye West's ex-girlfriend the other day, leaving the stadium or something as a ride home. Amber Rose, now that, that may be his downfall. But I, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. You know, I don't know. I, I still like him over Bryce Young. Maybe Bryce Young with, with Dave Canals takes off. We don't know. We don't know. But either way, yeah, I take a shot with with May uh, or, or Williams. Uh, uh, depends on who, who my scouts like the best. And I move off fields even if I can get a third-round pick for him, you know, uh, and, and let somebody else roll the dice with him. Fields doesn't need to feel entitled. He's got to work to keep his job, like Giannis said in that documentary. He said, I'm working every day thinking I'm going to get it cut. You know, he had that work-to-eat mentality. You're going to see your best players do that, which is a good transition. Baker Mayfield had a career year. He signed for $4 million. Nobody wanted Mayfield. 
Mayfield, fourth team since 2021. Memories with Carolina, well, obviously the Cleveland draft team, Carolina, um, the Rams, then Tampa. Carolina, the Rams, then Tampa there. So uh, there's discussions on Get Up and, and around the media today over the last couple of weeks, not just today, of who to keep or, or if you keep both of them and who you pay who, meaning Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans both are going to be free agents this year. Now, Mayfield, uh, yeah, yeah, they won the division. It was the worst division of football. They won the division, and they did win a game, and they did put a scare early on Detroit. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Baker Mayfield, career year. Um, talked about that the other day under Dave uh, Canals, who is now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I get that. But uh, I was looking pro football network, not pro football talk, pro football network. Uh, thinks he could get a Geno Smith type of deal. Now, that's feasible. That's feasible. But I got a feeling tonight's going to be a good night. No, just kidding. Uh, that he's not going to want three years, $75 million. I think he's going to have an agent in the year of, of him and talking to the Tampa Bay Bucks, saying, "Hey, listen, man, we know we're good. Look, we're, look where Baker. Look at Baker's age. Geno was much older, uh, doing what he did. Uh, Baker got you to the playoffs, uh, but Geno's numbers were slightly better. I want to say his numbers were. Um, I want to say his numbers." were like 30 and 10. And I want to say Baker Mayfield's numbers were like 28 and 10. So, yeah, Smith was 32, coming in 33. Mayfield is is 20, um, 28, going to, going to be in 29. He's going to be close to 29. Uh, he, he was uh, he was a finalist for the qu- quarterback player, uh, comeback player of the year. Uh, 4,000 yards. But if you watch those games, a lot of inconsistent play there. Uh, still can't get the ball down the field on, on a on a consistent basis, in my opinion. Uh, still can't elude the pass rush. Uh, still think this he's had this problem since Cleveland. Still thinks he's a little bit quicker than what he is. You know, Um there, there, there's just too many inconsistencies there. Uh, now, of course, Geno Smith deal. They Seattle signed him. He played last year. Of course, he took a step back, even though they won the same amount of games. They added, was it Jason Smith, Najigba, uh, with DK and everybody. And, and of course, he, he took a step back here. Uh, but they had an out is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, Seattle has an out this year. Now, they did take the out. They're going ahead and pay him the $12 million. But this kind of deal, if agent guy for Baker Mayfield says, well, we want, we want, we want $40 million, five years, $40 million, 200 and I'm like, no. 
no, no. That it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit. The salaries are similar to uh, Ryan Tannehill. For some of you um, that's been watching me for a while, when the Titans were playing Ryan Tannehill seven million dollars in 2019, they're in the AFC Championship game with Derrick Henry, um, AJ Brown, all those guys, right? When they're paying him $30 million the next few years after that, they didn't win a playoff game. They got the one seed in 2021. That was their year. And he blew it. He had three interceptions to, to Cincinnati. All right? You just don't pay a bridge quarterback, a backup quarterback, starter money. Now, if they can actually get that Seattle deal, like Pro Football Network thinks, I'd probably work it out with Mayfield, but I'm going to tell Mayfield at signing, I'm going to say, Baker, if I'm the general manager, we'll have Todd Bowles there. We even have the owner there if he wants to be there. Now, he's the owner to do whatever he wants, right? I'll say, listen, Baker, we are going to, looking at your career, before you got here last year in 23, drafted in 2018, these up and downs, all right? We are going to draft a quarterback in the first round this year or early. If the guy, if now, if, you know, if, if, if there's like six quarterbacks drafted, obviously we're not going to do that. I mean... Uh, for instance, if Bo Nix goes in the first round, right? If Michael Penix goes in the first round, uh, uh, who, who's the guy that used to play for uh, the Notre Dame quarterback who had very high, very high expectations is fell. He, he fell. The Notre Dame quarterback. But somebody like that, they probably won't draft him in the first round. But what if a Penix falls? What if a Bo Nix falls? Okay, they're remember they made the playoffs, so they're drafting in the 20s. All right, but we're gonna draft the quarterback early. All right, if you play well this year, if you play well next year, before your contract's up, we'll extend you and we'll move off this quarterback. But we're going to draft the quarterback early. We don't need you holding out after we draft the quarterback early. We're trying to cover our rear end here, okay? That's what Seattle should have done. They didn't do that, and Pete Carroll's out of a job, you know? But that that that's how I would handle it. You know, you, you, you hey, things happen all the time. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted early, Second round's pretty early for a championship-level team. Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers in 2017, the very next season after this was done. The Patriots win the Super Bowl in 2018. All right, 19, they get put out in the playoffs. 20, Brady leaves. And, of course, that year he signed with, with, with Tampa and ended up winning another Super Bowl. So, so it can go that way, too, where, you, where you, you draft a guy, you trade a guy. Trey Lance was traded 
you know. What was really weird, I mean, I'm wearing a maroon tie. Washington Redskins, Washington Commanders. They drafted Robert Griffin III, I want to say with a third overall or fourth overall. Gave up a lot. No, they drafted up. They, 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 they moved up to two. They got all these picks up. They moved up to two. Uh, Andrew Luck was drafted number one, rightfully so. He was the best quarterback. And um, Griffin was drafted. And they turned around and drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. And we know Kirk Cousins was a better player. So though that if they can get a Geno Smith-like deal, I would probably do that if, I, if I'm Tampa, if I don't have any better options out there. Because he did play well last year. But you want to give yourself an out if you're Tampa. Do not give this guy if he if, if five years, 40 million, go go shop that. You find somebody dumb enough to uh, uh, Atlanta or, or Pittsburgh. If y'all are dumb enough to sign Baker Mayfield, five years, 40 million per more power to you. We're not going to do that. That's stupid. That's happened a lot. You know, Michael Fitz, uh, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Bills? He signed that big deal with the Bills, man. He was just consi- consistently inconsistent. He was he was a great journeyman, bridge, fill-in topical. I, I still think that's probably what Baker is. But with that success, you want to leave yourself an out. You don't want to leave yourself without a quarterback if you're Tampa. Todd Bowles lives to I, – I thought Todd Bowles would be fired this year, you know. And then after I heard what he said when he when, when that uh, reporter was trying to race bait him, now I love Todd Bowles even more than I used to uh, uh, as a coordinator. But also uh, it's been talked about this week is Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans will be 31 this year, folks. That being said, yes, Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. I was looking at it. Receivers with a thousand yard seasons. Seasons. Rand, uh, Jerry Rice, the greatest of all time, fourteen. Mike Evans, ten. I got this from Thirty Third Team website. Uh, he's got he's tied with Randy Moss. I think Randy Moss Hall of Fame. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who I think is still technically not um, not retired, but will be in the Hall of Fame. Terrell Owens in the Hall of Fame. So it'd be thirty one in August. Uh, but I did read some startling numbers for Mike Evans. An estimated figure according to, I think this is 33rd as well. I, uh, that, that, that's Pro Football Network. Uh, Mike Evans is expected an estimated figure put into value as the Houston Chronicle, excuse me, reported Friday that he is expected to command 25 to 30 million $30 million Kind of like some of you Scarface fans like me, even though I know we're coming in the 41st anniversary. When uh, he's talking to Sosa in the movie, and the guy's like, let's what let's say 13-5 a key. And told him I said, like, thir- forget about 13-5. We still got to take that to Florida, you know. Then he starts talking about the CTOs, the Navy, and the police and all that. But Mike Evans' agent, forget about 30 million. We're trying to pay Baker Mayfield 25 to 27 with incentives. How about uh, 18 to 22 million for three years? 
okay, eight to two to three years, maybe you can retire a Tampa Bay Buck. Maybe do that. You like to keep your first ballot Hall of Famer type of players. In a perfect world, the, the, the Bucks would love to do that, you know. But my thing is, um, and of course, uh, you say who else would pay him that kind of money? I mean, nobody. If you if you give him a five year deal when he's going to be thirty one August, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You know, I, I thought Buffalo was idiotic for for what they paid for Von Miller when they did. But the gamble was that next year, not last year. That very first year, they were supposed to win the Super Bowl, and they didn't. They got put out by Cincinnati. Uh, some are saying, well, you know, he'd be a good fit in, in Kansas City. By the way, I doubt they franchise. I mean, you're paying him top five receiver money. That's that's almost that amount of money, and it's fully guaranteed, and it's a full cap hit. So they would be foolish to franchise Mike Evans. Um Maybe Houston would be a fit there, uh, but he, he I wouldn't give him over five. Over five, I wouldn't give him over three. Uh, I would 18 to 22 uh, incentives up to 26 maybe. Uh, the, the, the third year is voidable, okay? Give him a two-year deal. It's going to be, again, 31. Receivers post 30. Numbers don't lie, okay? Things start to happen. Evans has had uh, – um, he's starting to get those hamstring problems the last two years. That's very Julio Jones-like, who's probably also a Hall of Famer. Um, hamstring – and we know Julio's washed up. He was washed up when Tennessee got him, you know. Uh, so uh, be careful that – and maybe, maybe even a little bit less than 18. That's why I say I got – I think he's, what – 32, DeAndre Hopkins, Tennessee, and a lot of people talking about the Chiefs this and Chiefs that. Tennessee has a gold mine with DeAndre Hopkins, okay? Um, DeAndre Hopkins will be 32 June 6th, okay? His numbers were great last year. They were really good. The Titans didn't win, but his numbers were really good last year. And the Titans are paying him less than $18 million, um, I want to say, which is you start to look at some of these other players here. Um, that's really good. I want to say what his cap hit is with Tennessee here. Contracts. It, it's really good for Tennessee this year. His cap hit this year will be um, 17.5. It was only four last year. So they they essentially could trade him and pay part of that and get their third-round pick back. Now, they can afford him. They can adjust some of this. Uh, but you look at a guy like Andre uh, 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 Hopkins at 17, you take part of that, they could probably trade him to a Kansas City, um, to one of these teams that need a receiver. Uh, maybe, maybe Carolina would take uh, Evans going back to him. But he, he's not going to get twenty-five to thirty million dollars. If he does, okay. For example, look what Tyreek Hill's done. Yeah, Miami's got to the playoffs, but how many playoff games have they won? They've ran into Buffalo twice and got beat. 
Well, no, well, last year they got beat by um, was it twenty eight to seven to to Chiefs. You know, you know it, it, it. For those of you who play fantasy football, this ain't fantasy football. And I've been proven right the last two years only, and I love fantasy. But Tyreek Hill was traded, and they've won two Super Bowls. I said, don't pay him that kind of money. They've got defensive players, and and they're still making dividends off of that. You know, uh, look at Green Bay. I said, man, I know Green Bay's got the best end of this deal. Nobody agreed with me when Devontae Adams was traded to um, when he was traded from Green Bay to to the the Raiders. Well, the Raiders fired their coach, and Green Bay was in the second round of the playoffs with a lot of young talent player there. So. Anyways, if you like the show, share the show. Um, you will be watching a rerun tomorrow. I've got to, I'll be late and past my day job. I'm going to have to get some routine uh, audio uh, auto maintenance and all that stuff on my vehicle. And uh, I'll be back Thursday with whatever's breaking. Anything can happen Thursday. So uh, see you all Thursday, same time, same place here on Sports. Let's go.